0: The
1: Pat Kenny Show on News Talk.
0: Thanks to Spirit Group.ie with secure online payments. Buying your next used car has never been easier with Spirit Motor Group. Painted to pure perfection. We had a real connection. Bodies aching, over taken. You kept me at a distance. Not asking any questions, fingers, pressing, learning, lessons. Beautiful lines on a Friday night, starting to wonder where we lost the magic. Head in the clouds, talking so loud, all oh, I hear is static, I'm not the material
1: Now that's the first taster from a new album Brightest Blue from Ellie Goulding. Stuart Clark, the Deputy Editor of Hot Press, is on the line. Stuart, good morning.
2: Good morning, Pat. Yeah, the LP out on July the 17th. She writes massive pop tunes and also shoots a damn fine lockdown video. Um, one of the star performers of Lady Gaga's One World Together at Home event in April, which has raised over $100 million. She's also done a brilliant cover, you'd like this, of Joni Mitchell's River for Amazon Music. Really captures the mood of the original whilst uh, adding something new.
1: Now, um, it has a kind of a psychedelic feel to it, that particular track. We don't know whether that'll be characteristic of the whole album, but she mentions I'm No Material Girl. I presume that's a, a reference to Madge. (laughs)
2: <laughs> and she does a fine ballad. I think she is having a bit of a a friendly poke at Madonna. Uh, she's done a lot of campaigning around climate change. Uh, some would call her woke and lit, but she does it in a really smart, engaging way rather than preaching. Uh, we like Ellie Goulding.
1: OK, now, next we have Tim Burgess. We can always be expected to understand to find out I got this I got this. Bad things happen: when good people OK, that's Tim Burgess, and I got this. Um, Stuart, all sorts of influences to be heard in there, from uh, "Godly and Cream," 10 CC," "The Beatles. It's all there.
2: "Godly and Creme," well spotted. There' was something I just couldn't quite place in that tune. Yeah, one of the standouts from I Love the New Sky, 60s soul, country rock, and psychedelia. There will be pleasure and love. It's going to get better. I hope so. Uh, Tim is the lead singer, of course, for The Charlatans. Great lyrics, sharp tunes, and a really positive vibe. He's been uh, running his Tim's Twitter listening parties every night on Twitter, uh, fans press play on an album at the same time, and the artist in question gives commentary and answers questions about it in real time. Uh, those taking part included Boy George, Paul Weller, Oasis, The Libertines, Frankie Goes to Hollywood, and The Pogues. Great fun and highly addictive. Uh, tonight's listening parties are The Streets, original pirate material, and Dexy's Midnight Runners, Young Soul Rebels. Great LP from Tim.
1: My goodness, what what a brilliant idea um, And, uh, you know, you're obviously addicted to it And people who haven't come across it uh, Should uh, tune in to Tim's Twitter listening parties uh, Available every single night Next up we have Josh Ritter Oh my wounded angel Oh my Robert Train What you lost you never needed anyway these are breathless nights. These are these are desperate days, and I I need you in a desperate way. I'm a wall of stone. I'm a closed book, baby. you never know me. how you you drive me crazy, no, you. You'd never know till it all came down Just how desperately I need you now Because these are breathless nights These are desperate days And I, I need you in it desperately OK, Josh Ritter's voice there on Desperate Days. Um, where is that from?
2: It's from We Burn Bright, the debut album from the Side 4 Collective, overseen by Dave Hingarty of The Frames. It also features the likes of Paul Noonan, Farah L., Joe Chester, and the greatest living cork man, Cahill Coughlin. Um, Dave supplied the basic drum patterns for each of the songs, and the various musicians weave their magic. There's a a lot going on, trad, folk, Americana, reggae, krautrock, and most of it works really well. Uh, Dave Hingerty is also doing a film soundtrack at the moment with Eddie Vedder and Glenn Hansard. Very intriguing.
1: Are they all kind of working remotely, you know, each dialing in their own contribution
2: i think bits were done before all of this and stuff has been done on on zoom and google hangout so a bit of column a and a bit of column b um the breaking news by the way pat uh, i'm sure you've heard about this now is brendan boyer uh, passing away aged 81 in vegas um the Beatles supported him in 1962 in liverpool elvis loved him and uh, frank sinatra also gave him the thumbs up a remarkable career
1: A remarkable career and uh, so many uh, songs that uh, form the soundtrack of people's lives. Uh, Notably, the Hucklebook, which still gets an airing at weddings, whenever weddings can take place. Anyway, uh, Stuart, uh, have you any more news in terms of uh, virtual gigs for people to listen into?
2: Ah, Pat, we have some real proper gigs. Uh, Gavin James, uh, tickets went on sale two hours ago for the Gavin James Irish Drive-In Tour, which kicks off On July the 24th in Green Park, Limerick, and then visits Cork Showgrounds Tramore promenade and Goran Racecourse in Kilketty. Uh, Two shows each day, matinee and evening, around 250 vehicles each night, four per car, listening inside on FM radio. Uh, Tickets per car, €60. Not ideal, but what great innovation. It is a start.
1: Very good. Stuart Clark, Deputy Editor of Hot Press, thank you very much. It's a start, well the Premier League has a start date as well and uh, we'll talk about that in a moment but rugby's coming up with some interesting plans to make playing the game less dangerous for Covid transmission and Niall Quinn is set to meet players from League of Ireland clubs to try and see if they can hatch a plan to get Irish football underway. Owen Sheen of Off the Ball has all the details. Owen, good morning. Good morning, Pat. Yeah, the Premier League coming back, people can barely contain their uh, excitement. Behind closed door, one presumes, but every match
0: available to us. Exactly. So all 92 matches are going to be shown live on television and at least 29 of the remaining games are going to be free to air. So as you can imagine, the excitement has ratcheted up, especially because of the fact that there will likely be football on most days once it resumes on Wednesday, June seventeenth. There could be football on every day, but they haven't committed to that just yet. So, for all the the missing of sport that we've done over the last two months, we're probably going to be sick of the Premier League by the time it returns.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, and uh, Liverpool inevitably to be crowned uh, champions, one would imagine. Um, where will that happen?
0: It's a it's a good question. There have been safety concerns. Raised about the prospect of Liverpool lifting the Premier League trophy even in an empty Anfield, because you will have people outside the grounds more than likely gathering, and that would be an unsafe situation. So they will probably look to move that to a neutral venue or where this threat emerges, that they might move them away from a home and away arrangement. There are certain things yet to be confirmed, like the fixture list yet to be put into stone as well. We do know, however, that Aston Villa versus Sheffield United and Manchester City versus Arsenal are going to be the first games that we see. They are the games in hand. And as I say, on Wednesday, June 17th, they will be underway. And then a full round of matches begin on friday june 19th so just to go through some of the, the kickoff times you could have a, a friday night game at eight o'clock you'd probably have four games i uh, definitely have four games on a saturday at half 12 three o'clock half five and eight o'clock then another four on sunday at 12 o'clock two o'clock half four and seven and then two midweek matches per day from tuesday wednesday <laughs> and thursday you'll have six o'clock the clock and eight o'clock games. Yeah. so be, there will be an awful lot Uh, and uh, come the end of the season a lot of them won't mean a lot but uh, this this is what we've got
1: Okay. and how many games a week will the players be required to play I mean some of them have deep squads and so on but I mean could it be that they play three games in six days
0: it absolutely could be. They're the things that need to be worked out at the moment and and that's why it's not a confirmed thing that we will have a ball every day because the Premier League won't allow their players to go out on back-to-back days, for example. So they're still figuring out those fixtures, but they have come up with some accommodations. One of those is that you will be allowed to make five substitutions instead of three substitutions in a match to allow for greater squ- squad rotation. So it, it's certainly been brought into consideration, yeah.
1: Now, tell me about the changes in rugby to avoid... Um, well, to reduce the prospect of COVID transmission. Now, presumably everyone would be tested before, uh, but you never know at what moment, you, you, you know, the virus will make its presence felt halfway through a game. If someone was tested again, they might test positive. So what are they doing to try and mitigate that?
0: So World Rugby's executive committee have come up with a series of laws that they have ratified on international level, it will be up for each of the interna- for each of the national unions to come along and decide to actually go ahead with this. So to go from the exact World Rugby wording, what they're saying is that the trials provide limits to scrum options with no scrum resets, limits for players joining rucks and malls, time to play the ball at the base of scrums, and rucks reduced from five seconds to three seconds, and only one movement permitted for a mall. It's technical enough, but basically what it is, is that they want less people involved in scrums. They want scrums to be lessened themselves and they want less malls in open play. On a coaching standpoint, I'd imagine this changes things drastically. Even Joe Schmidt, when we were speaking to him on the show this morning, he, he was saying that he's really intrigued by the mall rules that come into it. And for such a technically thinking coach, he says that it would completely change how you would view the game. So It's a a different sport if you're a scrum coach, that's for sure, going into these games that we're going to see over the next couple of months. But as I say, we are still waiting confirmation on whether or not the Irish provinces will be playing with these new rules come August. Mm. Is it
1: clear, for example, if a scrum collapses and, you know, often it's nobody's fault the scrum is reset. I mean, what's to happen? What's the substitute for resetting the scrum if there's no blame to be attached?
0: Who gets the free? it's a great point. It's a great point. It will be a, a free kick, obviously, but who actually gets it when no blame has been apportioned. Maybe this will just increase the uh, the the standard in which the dark arts will reach. And if you are yeah. truly brilliant at, I don't know, uh, darting an arm in where it shouldn't go in a scrum, then you will perhaps be favoured nicely by these rules. If you are good at the dark arts, you're probably going to get away with a little bit more here or at least the rules will smile on your favor a little bit more and i think the answer to all these sort of questions when it comes to every sport is that well we haven't really considered this but then again we have to consider something and we have to uh, crack on with some element of sport and if the worst complaint we have is that people are fighting over free kicks then it's not the worst complaint you could possibly have
1: you could see it evolving towards the um the the I suppose it's nominally the scrum in rugby league moves Mm. at a much faster pace much quicker and so on. You could see that evolution perhaps taking place which the purists would hate but there you go in the interests of health and all the rest of it. Finally, what about League of Ireland? Are we going to see League of Ireland resuming at all?
0: We will. Well, we will see the uh, Aviva-hosted tournament between uh, the top teams in the League of Ireland before the summer is out. But the the new news this week, and we should have some new line this, this morning or, or this afternoon, is that the League of Ireland players, a selection of League of Ireland players, uh, have got a meeting with Niall Quinn just to get an update on where the League of Ireland is in terms of rolling out a return to play beyond the top four teams. Because there are a lot of players who are in a very precarious position here where they are earning off the COVID wage subsidy scheme were that to be cut yeah. by the government they would be in serious danger the, the, the PFAI chief uh, Stephen McGuinness, McGuinness was telling us yesterday that this would be a huge danger would that to be uh, removed from proceedings in Irish society, society over the next little while so they need to see what are these revenue streams that the League of Ireland are trying to come up with because you can't really blame Niall Quinn uh, for the situation he's found himself in unfortunately the League of Ireland hasn't had a huge swathe of revenue streams explored down through the years. They've become entirely dependent on their gate receipts. Gate receipts obviously will not be a thing that the League, League of Ireland can count on for quite some time. And now they've been left with really no other revenue streams. So the, the likes of streaming games potentially for a fee online is one of the things that has been floated. But Quinn has been very deliberate to keep his cards close to his chest on this. He has been pressed on this matter but on a number of occasions over the last few weeks, but he hasn't said for fear of any deals falling through. So... The meeting is this morning and you'd like to to hope that there will be positive sounds from it.
1: All right, Owen, thank you very much for joining us. One comment from John. My missus is rolling her eyes. God, first this lockdown and now round the clock football for days on end with myself planted in front of it. (laughs) I'm sure many people are contemplating that, but I, you know, you can get too much of a good thing. Could be very boring at the end of the day, particularly matches that just have to be played out but are of no consequence mid-table matches and all the rest of it. Another one on rugby. No scrums or malls. We might as well just call it. Not rugby union, but rugby league. OK, it is barbecue time. It's Friday. It's warm and sunny. Gareth Mullins next on how to get your chicken wings just right. That's next.